0: Welcome into another episode of Off-Grid Pros. Um, What are we talking about today? Today is all about off-grid preppers. Well, it's kind of off-grid preppers and the fact that you don't have to be a prepper to necessarily be off-grid. Just a disclaimer to start this episode. We're not saying that being a prepper is a bad thing. Uh, we don't want anybody to feel like we don't think being a prepper. We don't think being a prepper. We think preppers are totally fine. That's what we're trying to say. We wouldn't. What, we wouldn't what is started, a prepper? Well, let me what, first what start by it? saying, what is it? We wouldn't have started an off-grid company <laughs> if we felt like preppers <laughs> were a bad thing. That's that's the big point made here. A prepper is going to be explained by Ryan.
1: <laughs> thanks for thanks for taking I, over. I Ryan. think that Keneally <laughs> – would do a really good job of explaining what a prepper is.
2: Yeah. Yes, I love this. Absolutely. So, if you've seen oh jeez, I should have I should have googled this prior. What's that damn show? It's uh What's that show? The prepper the freaking prepper show. You know the show. You know the prepper show.
1: Speaking of speaking of yeah. preparation,
2: that's not my. Yeah.
1: <laughs> no, it's a.
2: Yeah, it, it, a prepper. A prepper is somebody who prepares. Weird. I'm so, embarrassed. Yeah, yeah. You're not. You shouldn't be. No, there's a. Yeah, so a prepper is somebody who who stores a bunch of stuff essentially the prepper is the opposite of the people that went out and bought all of the toilet paper. That's the, that's the opposite of the prepper. So like, remember in, in like March and April, when we locked down and uh, we had no toilet paper to by the people that bought all of it were, they were the like antithesis and ugh, the opposite of the fucking
1: Prepper,
2: Kiss. <laughs> Yeah, it's, it's the people that buy 500 pounds of rice and store it in their in their off-grid location, but then they didn't like water their batteries for six months. And then they call us and they're like, why doesn't my system work? That's that's a prepper.
0: Yeah, so I'm going to just read the definition real quick. Um, a prepper is a person who believes a catastrophic disaster or emergency is likely to occur in the future and makes active preparations for it, typically by stockpiling food, ammunition, and other supplies. That's uh, straight from Google, um, so, or I guess Oxford something. So, yeah, that's what a that's what a prepper is by definition. So again, yeah, just somebody that's preparing for it basically a worst case scenario. So like we saw in March, they wouldn't be without toilet paper or I guess a lot of the things that were bought up were toilet paper, bottled water and uh, all the cleaning supplies. So so a prepper a would have been like the that. guy
2: in the, in the toilet paper aisle that was like, Oh yeah.
0: Yeah. I already did this. Yeah. They would have already had it for like <laughs> six months. So they weren't even worried.
1: So, no, they wouldn't even be yeah, at the store. They would have been like, gone. They were they were at home laughing exactly. at people. You know. Yep. <laughs> yeah.
0: So that's what a prepper is. Um, welcome into the episode. That was a great start. Uh, we only spent three minutes and forty five seconds trying to say that. Um, so I hope you all loved it. Let's move on. <laughs> Thanks so much for listening in. Uh, this is the sixth episode. At some point, I'm going to stop counting just because. It's going to get past 10, and I think
2: that's probably my limit of numbers. Um, I disagree. I, I I was watching Joe Rogan the other day, and he he was like, this is our 1,000th episode. Really? Yeah, absolutely.
0: Was he actually counting every time? He's like, this is our 721st episode? Yeah, I
2: think he was counting on his fingers, too. Oh, that's disgusting. No, I don't know. He, um, he was. <laughs> maybe we should just make benchmarks. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, like,
0: this is our 5,000th episode. Next, so when we get to 5000 we'll let y'all know.
2: Um, let's see. I'm going to so, be dead by then. I just <laughs> I
1: I'd, I'd be amazed if we made it to 10 hey, episodes. we well, are on number 6. Yeah, that's
2: really. <laughs> thank you for the way of
1: confidence,
2: it. right? I like I just want everybody to know. I like how Ryan lets us open an entire business and then at episode 6 is like Yeah, we'll probably fail in four more weeks. That's our our fearless leader right there. This is why I wanted to just
0: record as many episodes as possible. So even if we stopped doing things for three weeks, it was totally fine. We had plenty to work with. So that's just me, you know, being the prepper that I am. Okay, that was a great bring it back home. You're welcome. Um, so last week we talked all about the stock market. So if you haven't checked that one out, that's a good one. So it's it's basically just talking all about different companies that are publicly traded, as well as a little bit about those that aren't um, and why they might not be, and how that affects you as the customer, um, all that kind of stuff. Um, so yeah. So again, if you haven't checked that one out, it's available anywhere you listen to your podcasts. If you haven't done so already, go ahead, especially if you're listening on Apple Podcasts, leave us a five-star review because that'd be fantastic. Um, And tell us what kind of episodes you want us to record for your listening pleasure. Um, Let's jump into our fun fact for this week. Do you want me to read it or do you want to read it for the first time ever, Keneally? Oh, I definitely want you to. Okay, I'll do that. I'm the best reader here. I'm just kidding. I want to read it. (laughs)
2: <laughs> you can only read it if you don't mess it up. <laughs> no, I'll read it. Uh, a recent <laughs> survey found that for a family of four traveling by RV on vacation can save them twenty-three to fifty-nine percent on their vacation cost. That yeah, that is that is bullshit. Do you want to know why I put that as the fun
0: fact? Because you're dumb. Well. <laughs> that's really freaking rude. Um, but second off, <laughs> the second reason is because off-grid isn't just for preppers. Like we talked about like in all Yeah, thanks Ryan. I see you. Yeah, that's great. Um off-grid did, isn't what just did for you preppers. Say? So I
2: don't for the listeners, what did you say? Caneli, I'm trying to talk here. Yeah, we, we don't so, Nobody <laughs> wants to hear your freaking voice. <laughs> if they didn't want to hear
0: my voice, they wouldn't listen to our podcast. That's Touche. Thank you. Um, So, yeah, as like we say, like all the time, you don't have to be living off grid full time to to enjoy off grid lifestyle. Like doing RV um, trips and that kind of stuff, going out for you know a week or two, or or even for six months. um, It's 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 fun to know that saving money is definitely possible by doing off grid trips as opposed to you know big fancy vacation to somewhere around the world. Um you, there's a lot to be discovered here uh locally wherever you are especially here in Arizona. So it's it's um uh, it's a cost saving thing you could definitely take advantage of and uh a good time as well. That you but know that's think,
2: what I hate about statistics though. Like like what a what a ridiculous number. Like it's a what? large
0: gap between twenty three and fifty nine percent. For sure. And what are you comparing
2: that, that to like your trip to the Grand Canyon or your trip
0: to, I imagine Japan. it's like – yeah, I imagine it's probably like a mean number that has been calculated by looking at the average cost of a vacation of the tra- traditional American family. That is my, my guess compared to what people spend by investing in an RV and all the equipment that's necessary for it along with gas if you're traveling like cross-country.
1: Wait. So are you saying that that includes the cost of the RV? I itself? would imagine. And I would it?
0: imagine so. Or
1: because you
0: can't just okay. buy an RV and then say it's less money than a one-time trip. So I'm thinking it's probably like somebody buys an RV, they have that for a long time, and then they travel with that and use that as their vacation.
2: Even a rental, a rental RV doesn't even make sense. with that's. Have you looked into those? Like, you you'd be better off. I've seen the movie RV. Oh, well, thank you for that. Um, yeah, that's a good one. That is it called RV? I don't the remember. one with um, oh damn, the one with Robin Williams. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, pretty sure that's called RV.
1: No, yeah. the the one
2: the one that you can Speaking rent of, the the one that everybody sees on the highway. I, I ran the numbers because uh, my, my, my group of friends, we were looking at doing like a road trip and we found out that with renting, we could literally just spend the exact same amount of money and stay in fancy hotels while driving through the country. So like, mm-hmm. I mean, I guess, I guess if you were to buy one, that might, be different. Yeah, I th- like I said, I think
0: I think the the logic is buying it and using it as your long term vacation, um, like doing it every year, every six months, whenever you're going on vacation. Is using that as opposed to, playing paying for trips every so year. So like a know? sunk cost,
2: you buy it and then yeah, exactly. it pays itself off over years and years. Yeah. Hmm.
1: Yep. Makes sense.
2: What's your experience so, with that, Ryan? Like, I feel like, I feel like you should own an RV, but you're also the type of person that would have built one.
1: <laughs> uh, no, I, that's why I built a, a tiny house because RVs oh. like they uh, depreciate pretty, pretty quickly. So,
2: and what's your what's your what's your ROI on the tiny home that you're definitely filming this in right now that I can see it with that ver- that fancy wood behind you? I can I know the listeners can't see it, but that has to be expensive.
1: Yeah, it's um, <laughs> it's the most expensive wood in the world. No, we I mean we we definitely spent a lot of money on this, but it's it's with with RVs, and I think just about every RV owner will tell you that. You know, they're just not built like high, very, with very high quality and they tend to just, you know, break down over, over time. Um, So, um, and and it's, it's not necessarily that they're trying not to build it with quality materials. It's the, it's gotta be lightweight and all that. So I I don't know. I think we looked at doing the RV thing. Versus doing the tiny house, and I, I wanted the experience of building something, and we also wanted to be really comfortable, and we wanted it to last forever. So that's why we chose the the tiny how house. How do you
0: how do you pull your tiny house around? Because you're going to place that on a lot permanently, aren't you? Um,
1: it it won't be permanently at first. You know, maybe eventually we'll put it in a permanent spot, but um. You know, we're in a temporary spot now. We'll be moving to a temporary spot in a month, um, and hopefully, be there for a year or two. Um, see how well that works out. But then um, we do have some land in New Mexico that we're thinking, like long term, that that this might sit there um, as yeah. a you know, like a vacation house, or or maybe even a place where we kind of spend half of our, half of our year or something like that.
2: So how, yeah. how long are you planning on hanging out in the tiny home in the
1: meantime? Um, I, I as long as we are still enjoying it likely, because we are, I mean, <laughs> if we look at it from like, I could sell this place or sell this, this tiny house and, and make, and make, a good amount of money on it just as is, but we, if we live out of it for two or three years, we can pretty much, it can pay for itself and then sell it or, or, you know, or we can keep it as a, like I said, a vacation home. And that's kind of the idea behind it. How long did it take you to build that? Um, it's been a little over three years. Cause I've just been, nice. I've just been doing it on the weekends and, you know, at night and pretty much like I'm so busy in the summers that generally I've had to take pretty much every summer off, you know, for almost four or five months. So, you know, I've just been able to do a little bit at a time. And so, I mean, if I had just taken off you know, even four months like solid and just knocked it out, you know, you could, you could do it maybe in four to six months. If you just had that time off, you could do it. So for our listeners, we are
2: actually going to delve into that quite a bit here. And, oh, I don't know. I don't know, month, two months. Once, once Ryan actually lives in his tiny home for a while after he's built it, we're going to have an episode just about tiny home living. And then I think as a bonus, we'll probably do a YouTube video where myself and Jonathan get drunk in Ryan's tiny home, whether he likes it or not. And, and, and we'll be able to tour this thing. I know the listeners can't see this, but just based on the wood and some of some sort of metal in the background. It's probably the most (laughs) bougie tiny home you've ever seen. So based on the wood and a piece of metal, I see in the background, there's no way, (laughs) there's no way that this isn't better than what you've seen on HG TV. So
0: there's, there's some, there's some uh, cute little accents he's got in there. I don't know if that, those were your choice, Ryan, or they were Carolyn. Um, but I was like, and anything that's cool in
2: here is Carolyn. So can we sub her into this episode? Um, yeah, we got to get her. We got to get her <laughs> on the tiny home <laughs> episode. I bet she had a lot of design influence on this place, right? Yeah. I would love to hear her. opinion. She had a, but yeah, she had a lot but of input. Neither. So. Well, I don't know. I don't know if you guys are preppers. I don't,
1: I don't think, are you, are you a prepper, Ryan? Um, No, I mean, I don't have stored, a lot of stored stuff. Um, I mean, it's really, what we're in the process of is, you know, moving out of our uh, 1,000-square-foot house into 270 square feet. Um, So I've had to downsize a lot. And, um, you know, there's just no room, really, to store and prepare, you know, until we get somewhere, and I could have a a, a shed or something like that where I could store some stuff. But um, it's it's more just for us. It's more about simplicity. It's more about saving money. It's it's about not having to spend time cleaning my house, and and also just being outdoors more because this kind of forces us to do the indoor outdoor living yeah so when
0: you um,
1: quite when you a bit put more.
0: This, when you are placing it in new mexico um I'm assuming you're not gonna be connected to the grid in any way um so are you gonna have like uh solar on your roof or are you gonna have like a ground mount that you that you're gonna s- build out there or or what's what's gonna be the situation
1: so the the property that we have um it's most likely gonna be more suitable to put the panels on the roof and so the house just like we talked about in a previous episode. I designed it so, you know, that there was a certain orientation uh, for the house to to face south, um, and the the panels would be um, be able to be tilted up on the roof and facing mm-hmm. facing the right orientation, and the house stays warmer and cooler and all that 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 warmer in the winter and cooler in the summer, um, and you know, so. The plan would be out there to have panels on the roof in our temporary um, spot uh, here in Flagstaff that we're moving into here in a, a few weeks. Uh, we're going to have a little bit of solar on the roof and a little bit on the ground. Yeah. So,
0: so that, that that's like a, that's a fantastic example of how people don't have to live off grid permanently. Because, like you said, you can you're going to set up this this tiny home in your land in, in New Mexico and get a solar array out there and it's going to be off grid and live there, you know, possibly six months out of the year. Um, so if, if you do have the means for it, which I mean, if, if you've gotten to the point where you've been living in a grid tight home and you're wanting to have grit, an off grid option, you, you're probably not struggling too much with money. Uh, because going off grid initially is not the cheapest thing in the entire world, um, considering the amount of, of, of things you have to pay for in terms of like power and water and all the things you didn't necessarily have to worry about so much being connected to the grid. So it's a great option um, and great example for temporary or even part-time off-grid living. So it's definitely something that's doable. To, I think the tiny home living is cool, so
2: right and and we'll talk more about that in a later episode, but as far as like not being a prepper just preparation in general to move say to your land in New Mexico, there has to be some sort of preparation, right like what are you gonna do for water? you have a well like what 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 you have to have some sort of preparation? to, to come out there.
1: Yeah. So in terms of water, um, we are intending to collect most of our water, um, on roofs. Um, so that's, and we think, you know, obviously with a tiny house, you don't have much roof space, but, um, you can also set up water catchment, um, systems that you put like maybe metal roofing out on the ground and it collects into your your tank um you know we're gonna have storage sheds that kind of thing so the plan would be for water yeah we're gonna gonna collect most of it and then have have it hauled as a backup um or you know there's rv places that are close where you can go fill up a tank and then bring it back to your, to your house. So, yeah, I mean, you have to be prepared for all of those things and that's, you know, like we had said in a a previous episode, you know, when you go off grid, there's a lot of those things that we take for granted um, being electricity, water, heat, um, those, those kind of things that you really can't, you have to be prepared for that. Um, And you, and I would say like, the probably the word that we should be talking about in terms of going off grid is also just self-sufficiency. Yeah. Um, it's not necessarily being a prepper, but you, you need to be or self-reliant. Like
2: so. just in turn, in, ter- in terms Self- of just being able to like, what do you mean in detail? Like, what do you mean? Like uh, just being able to fix your own stuff, figure out your battery problems. Like why is your generator not turning on?
1: Right, right. So the, all of those things. So um, it, a lot of the trouble with uh, off-grid land is that it's further outside of town, um, which it's really difficult to get like a plumber to come out when you live an hour and a half outside of like Flagstaff, for instance. It's very difficult to get people to come out there. And so you've got to be able, if your water fails on a Sunday night, you got to be able to fix that. You know, your water pump is, is out. You got to be able to figure that out or at least be able to last a few days until you can get somebody that is willing to come out. So a lot of that is just being, yeah, self-reliant and knowledgeable about your systems.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I think, um, that's a good, good uh, segue into the, the next topic, which is common misconceptions about living off the grid. Um, and one of them is that you don't have any more electricity costs, which it, it it's not necessarily true because you have electricity costs in a different way. Um, you're not paying, you're not paying a, a utility company to power up your house, like to, to supply power to your home. Um, you're completely producing it yourself um so like you have solar panels and you or you have wind whatever whatever you decide to go with or a combination and you are feeding them into the batteries and that's that's where your your power is being stored so it's it's you do have to pay to to maintain or or replace some sometimes um but so it's not like a thing of oh, I'm living off-grid, so now I don't have to worry. I don't have to, you know, I don't have electricity costs. You do, it's just in a in
2: a different form. Um, you
0: definitely, And it's all up to you. Yeah, you
2: definitely have more of a problem than when you're on the grid, right? <laughs> <laughs> like,
0: Yeah, it's because it's all up to you. Like, there's nobody that's just going to do this stuff. So, like, if your power goes out or whatever at your house and you're connected to the grid, it's like, okay, well, somebody's going to go work on that and it'll be fine because you know they have to if you're off grid and your power goes out it's like it it's up to you like you have to fix it or pay somebody to come fix it for you and and hope that they can do it soon because yeah there's there's a lot of people living off grid and and it fills up pretty quickly of of being able to go out to all these different
2: locations purely i want to say mostly because of time to just to travel there um yeah that's that's yeah that's and then they call prometheus solar in Flagstaff, solar Arizona, five two seven one zero three four. Ask for Kelly. Ask for Ryan. <laughs> no, uh, no, that's yeah, that's the biggest thing. Even when I worked I, prior to coming on with 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 our Prometheus, our installation company, when I worked at the battery distrib- uh, distribution company, that that's the biggest thing that we that 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 I found is people would be like, they would call and say, oh, my battery bank is dead. Like it's producing, I have no power. My power goes out at night and I need batteries right now. And the problem is, is well, sometimes you can't get the batteries right now. And furthermore, who are you gonna have to come out to swap it out if you don't know how to do it yourself? And um, a great example is Prometheus Solar <laughs> And <laughs> they call us, and um, we're already booked out a couple months. So' it's, it's hard to it's hard to logistically come out and, and swap out your battery bank. So that's that's a big issue that people run into is they, they try to eke on their battery systems, you know, they, they try to, you know get them out. It, it, they'll, they'll stretch out a uh, six months when they shouldn't, and then it becomes an emergency for them which they think becomes an emergency for us yeah yeah that's that's the thing is that it's like
0: i understand the situation that you're in but you also have to understand that like you're there are other people in similar situations that happened to this happened first um and it's just in an order of, of operations and um that's what we talked about in a past episode is being prepared for, for situations of like your power going out. So having a backup generator or standby generator or a solar power station also sold on Um, shopoffgrid.com. It's just being prepared for any type of situation because you're relying on yourself. Um, So even medical supplies, all that kind of stuff.
1: And I would say that, these systems are getting better and better and easier and easier to use. So like a lot of the systems that we're selling on shop off grid, they're, they're really simple. And you can, if you do have issues with them, you can figure it out a lot more easily than some of these larger, complicated systems. So um, I, I feel like, that's just going to improve over time, and if you put in the research, get the right, get the right stuff, you're going to have a much easier time living off mm-hmm. grid. You know, and if there is a problem, you're going to be better equipped. Yep. Yeah. So,
0: and then again, I know we we're talking all about like being self-reliant and all that kind of stuff, but it, the thing is, you don't have to be 100% self-reliant. Um, so, I feel like people think when they go off grid, it's like I have to like also learn how to farm and grow my own food and all this kind of stuff. And it's like, I mean, it's not bad to learn how to do that living off grid, but you still have the option of going into town wherever that is um, and going to the store. Uh, So it's, it's not necessarily a thing of like I'm going to move off grid and now I can never see somebody again. It's like, yeah, you can live off grid and have a good time, but you can still go into town and, and get essentials if you need them. So it's not a thing of I have to produce everything myself. It's just, you know, being being prepared to to be out there for a while and, and getting the things
2: you need that you can't make yourself. So so like the, the basic lesson here is you don't need to have a thousand pounds of rice. You don't need to have a farm of your own peppers. You don't need to have a thousand pallets of freaking toilet paper, right? Like you can't you can just live off grid if you don't want to be connected to it. Have a battery bank, have your inverter and your solar panels. You can live off grid, especially if you're a somewhat reliant on Prometheus Solar in Flagstaff, Arizona. <laughs>
0: you can even if you're not off grid and you still need a grid tied system Exactly. call prometheus
2: only. absolutely you uh um, yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah you can't but you can do it you don't it, it doesn't mean it doesn't mean that you need to be i wish i could remember that damn show i don't even want to get i don't even want to say it at this point cuz i don't want to give them any marketing free marketing <laughs> but yeah they'd probably blow up after yeah, after I know. us it. i don't want them to get freaking 10,000 youtube freaking hits but (laughs) but yeah you don't you don't need you don't need all that crap like you can just be off grid and then as a as a backup if your batteries go out or your generator stops uh, you 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 can buy like the EcoFlow, right like you can you can have a backup to just power your essential loads to to get you on 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 board again right yeah yeah the big thing is it's like what do I need
0: to have just in case power goes out? So if you have, you know, a refrigerator or lights or whatever, or a CPAP machine, that kind of stuff, it's like, let me get enough power in like a power station and I'll just be able to run those things until I can get somebody out here to actually fix it. If I can't fix it myself. Um, Another thing is that it's impossible to make money. So a, it really just depends, you know, on where you are, how far off grid you are. Um, I believe one of our installers lives off grid at Prometheus. Several, correct? couple, couple, and they. I think the owner and I think the owner is about to live off grid too. I'm yeah, pretty fair. Sure. And then they come, and then they come into town, and then they work for Prometheus. So I mean, it's not like I live off grid, so I can't make money and I can't have a job or anything. It's like you can live off grid if you want, and come into town wherever you are, like Flagstaff, and and hold a job. It doesn't have to be solar-related, but they chose to have a solar array off-grid and then
2: install it for a living. Yeah, so. and we go and and drink beer at local breweries together. Like, uh-huh. if, you don't have to be, like, some weirdo that needs to be out there all the time. Like, you can live off-grid and then have, like, a normal life. It's You're not you're not strange for wanting to be disconnected you know yeah. in your normal in your living situation you can definitely go out and 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 do everything that other people do you just you have to supply your own power that's really all it is
1: I and I think like the big wave that we are seeing now is is people trying to get out of California and Phoenix and those areas and they want to be out in the middle of nowhere, um, but they still can work because you know a lot of people are working from home right now. And there's no reason why you can't live off-grid, have all of the things that you need to be able to just work from home, a good internet connection, electricity, all, all those things. Um, lots and lots of people are doing it. Yep. Yeah, right now.
0: and then one little last thing before we jump into a break here, um, a misconception is that it's boring. Um, Ryan can tell you, Ryan, Ryan loves it. Why do you love it? Is, is, why not, is it not boring, Ryan? It's not
1: boring. You, you just you never run out of things to do. Never. Taking up new hobbies. You know. Yeah, I mean a lot of people get into that lifestyle and they take up things like canning and gardening and um you know fixing small engines and stuff yeah. you know there's you have a something repairing things on your own you know you you have the time and the um you just can do a lot of those things that uh you just wouldn't normally have the time for
0: it just gives you an opportunity to really learn new skills especially when you're doing all these things and being self self self-sustaining for the most part it's like you can learn to do all these things that you never learned before because you didn't need
2: to you know what we need to do we need to do an episode about like living bougie off-grid because (laughs) Although, In tiny homes built by absolutely. Ryan. Absolutely, yeah. Although I, <laughs> although I work for this company, if I were to actually live off-grid, I'm going to need a hot tub, a sauna. <laughs> need- I feel like at this point, your hot tub has made it into every episode. It's made it into every part of my life. I can see it every time we film this. I can just, I can look at it. And like, as soon as we're done, I just take off all my clothes and I run outside. That's all I do. So I know, that, I know, I know it's a small niche market, but there's somebody out there that's like, what if I want to have a hot tub? You know, and I know there's propane options. I know the there's coal. Is options. You. Then,
1: <laughs> there's wood fired <laughs> options oh. too. Like a lot of, a lot of the off grid people who have hot tubs are, do the wood so fire. So what out. you're
0: saying is we should start selling hot tubs on Shop Off Grid.
2: Yeah, just yes. perfect. I feel like I feel like we just found a new product, Jonathan. Oh
0: god. <laughs> I'm so excited about yeah. it. I can't wait for you to build that partnership, Keneally.
2: Yeah.
0: Um... <laughs> All right. Well, now we're going to jump into a little break and we will be right back. Welcome back. There we go. All right, so what do we, what do we have next? So the next thing that we're going to talk about is where exactly you should be living off-grid So, There are so many options, so many different places. It really is just, I think, once you get to the point of, I want to live off grid, whether it be temporary or like in a situ, like a situation like Ryan, where it's part time, six months out of the year, or maybe it's something you do on the weekends or anything like that. You have so many different places, especially here in the United States, that you can go. Flagstaff is a great option. Northern Arizona in general is a fantastic option for, for off-grid living, both temporary and full-time. Um, I mean, personally, if I had the option of living in Flagstaff part-time, I would definitely take that As I am now down here in Phoenix, and it has been 115 degrees for the past two weeks. And it, it feels like... It feels like being in an oven and then the second that the wind blows, it feels like you have a hairdryer in your face and you're like, lovely. I love it. I love this for me. What a great time. But on the other side of it is that I have air conditioning everywhere I go. We didn't, I, I didn't have that at all in Flagstaff. I go to work and we worked in a metal box, you know, being in a, in a warehouse and that thing heats up real nice. Then you just turn it into a little baked potato, and you just it's the same thing. When I go home, it would no air conditioning. Sounds amazing. And it's like okay, okay, I understand that Flagstaff is 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 nice weather. You know, ninety nine percent of the time, but sometimes it does get up into the nineties, and I don't have air conditioning, and that is horrible. That is no fun. And You just sit there with
2: four fans Best. placed right on you. Uh, do you guys have a c in your houses? I mean, I have one of those like portable ones, like the same one that that we have in the office at Prometheus, so
0: I'm trying to get those on the website, so if you listeners have any companies that you like for portable a c let me know so we can sell that. Several of them are no longer offering dropship partners. <laughs>
2: I mean, yeah that that's the, the rejection emails I get from companies is so sad. That's the <laughs> that's the that's the problem with with flex staff. Is like we don't typically like houses don't come with air conditioning up here, typically. But like you don't think when it gets above eighty five, we're fucked. <laughs> like it's hot. It's really really hot. So.
1: It's uh, it kind of comes back though to what I was, what I've said, a few times. Like our like our house here, in Flag, it's properly oriented, and there's some tell good, the people what there's what good,
0: proper orientation is, Ryan.
1: It's on an east west axis, so the long side of the house is facing south and north, mm-hmm. and um, you know, and we've got properly placed trees, and our house you know we open the windows at night close them in the morning and it stays really nice all day even when it's 90 degrees like yeah. on the worst days maybe for a couple of hours in the afternoon before the sun goes down it might be a little bit uncomfortable but it's mm-hmm. it's just about you know just it's it's something that people just aren't designing homes to with that in mind. And so that yeah. forces you to have to have air conditioning. Now I'm seeing like a, that on, you know, almost all the new homes that are going in around here have air conditioning now. Um, really? Yeah. I mean, that's, it's just becoming standard because our, our summers are getting hotter and drier than, than what I've experienced, you know, over the last 15 global years warming. Yeah. So
0: um, yeah, well, that's the thing is that it's like it doesn't matter if you're grid tight or off-grid. It, if you have the option to either purchase a house or if you're building a house, grid tight or off-grid, and you're trying to help save money on ele- on your electric bill by not running the AC so much, um, it's definitely good to pay attention to that kind of stuff, it's, especially if you're building your house because you have – more control over that kind of thing or even a tiny home it's like i'm gonna place this so it's facing you know alongside north south so that i'm i'm not having to worry so much about that kind of stuff because it that in a tiny home you're most likely not going to have air conditioning um and if you do it's gonna it's gonna be a window unit and it's gonna take a lot of battery storage to to do that
2: the one thing the one thing that you do have down in the valley that we don't is top golf
0: that's true we have a lot of more food options too yeah that's that's i've been eating salad and go like every day
2: i love salad have you had salad and go right have you have you guys have you guys been to the arrowhead grill in phoenix sure if you sounds like a gambling thing Oh, yeah Arrowhead Grill. If you want to spend oh, grill, grill, Arrowhead, <laughs> Arrowhead Grill. If you want to spend like fifty dollars on a steak, that place is that's, great. That's where you I want, want to go. go. Yeah, I took my wife there. I took my wife there. For all
0: weekend. for all those people that are living off grid minimalists,
2: if you want to spend fifty dollars yeah. on a steak, you if if you can kind of cook. You can you can achieve the same thing off grid for like fourteen bucks. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, but we do love top okay. golf. That's we do. This is a good and I, we're still. I'm not recommending buying. any of these things unless they start <laughs> paying us. Then, when well, then we'll see. Well, That's here's the, the thing, place to Ryan. do it. Um,
0: I live in Phoenix now. I am in charge of the company Christmas party and i have scheduled it for yes to be held at top golf in december perfect just just so you know i tried to do it last year and ryan shot it down but
2: just don't let him just don't listen to
0: what he says. Just do stuff. Yeah. <laughs> I have a credit card. Yeah. So and your credit
2: card. Usually when Ryan tells me to do stuff, I, have I just ignore to it. all of the money. He yeah. just <laughs> All you have to do is not say anything. You just be like, "Okay," and then do whatever you want, <laughs> and then it typically works out mm. great.
1: Mm. There to <laughs> so be...
0: That Christmas so, party is going to be awesome. So. It's going to be great.
2: <laughs> yeah, gonna be all I, <laughs> I, yeah.
0: Thanks for paying for it, Ryan. It's just me and Keneally going to Topgolf.
2: That's what you get for giving us your credit card number. <laughs> yeah. Literally, Keneally
0: sent me a picture the other day of these tiny um, bud boxes. And it was like what are these? And I was like, I don't know. I don't remember what I said. Um, <laughs> tiny cute bud boxes. Yeah. And he's like, I know you make yeah. a lot of mistakes. So yeah.
2: I, assume, I assume this was for plug
0: Any, Anything? <laughs> <And> I said, <laughs> yeah, I usually um, make about $30,000 mistakes all the time, much like somebody else.
2: Yeah. So what he's talking about is when I bought $34,000 worth of the wrong solar panels. <laughs> so, that that did happen. That did happen. Ryan paid for it. <laughs> There's not much else to say about it other than I made a big mistake. <laughs> I didn't. Jonathan did. In fact, my year, my yearly view, my yearly review with with Ryan was like, you remember that one time? <laughs> a little bit of attention to detail, you know, still a little bit. <laughs> I don't know if I'd call that attention to detail more than just like, I don't know how normal people, I don't know
1: why you You keep wanting to bring that back up. Most of those (laughs) solar panels were sold. It's fine.
2: But, but seriously though, I'm going to make (laughs) it. It'll happen.
0: (laughs) Oh my God. Just do it at Prometheus, not at at off grid pros.
2: Yeah. No, I'm literally employed because I'm funny. (laughs) (laughs) Well, anyways, um,
0: so where are you going to live off-grid? Yeah, Things to consider. Like we said earlier, you don't have to um, be 100% self-reliant. You can have a a job um, being off-grid. So one thing to to think about is how close do you want to be to the next town or a place that you already have a job if you're moving off-grid? Because it's definitely an option to – move off grid near where you already are um so thinking about that and what a what kind of climate that you really want to have again like i said northern arizona is a fantastic option because especially around the flagstaff area it doesn't get too hot it doesn't get too cold and there's no barely ever any humidity like i i I kind of feel like flagstaff is one of the most perfect cities in the united states for the fact that there's no natural disasters, like ever. I think we had a, a, a earthquake one time when I was like a junior in college. That was that lasted for about two seconds. Um, so why why did you um, move? Because I got um, another job. So I what what job? Uh, I work at a music touring company. And now I have three jobs. Oh, yeah. Sorry. I have, I've got all three of them. So I'm still picking up Kineli's Slack at Prometheus. Don't you worry. That's Aka. Is it Aka? It's Aka <laughs> stupid. Well, I hate everything about that. And <laughs> so I so I work there. And then I also um, pick up Kineli's Slack for Off grade Pros. <laughs> we were talking about this before the podcast. I said, <laughs> who writes these episodes? And he said, like, I'm just going to keep putting it off. And then goes, finally decides to actually go in there to write an episode. Jonathan's <laughs> already done it.
2: <laughs> I will say you're, you are a very efficient person. Um, I, I hate to give you a compliment, but like, I hate to receive them. I, I look at my, yeah, I look at my to-do list and I'm like, man, I really hope.
1: Yeah.
0: <laughs> And then luckily now we've got an intern, which is Canneli's nephew, to do all the things that we don't want to do. So thank God for that. That is incredibly helpful. Yeah. But um
2: Yeah. He sat on hold for, for two hours, I think, yeah. right here today. That was great. Wait, he sat on hold? I told him he didn't have to. <laughs> no, he said I don't think oh it was two God. hours. I think it was an hour and a half. But yeah, he did you got it, you got figure <sighs> out though.
0: Good. Good stuff. Well Last little thing before we end this episode is talking a little bit about budget. Um, so it, it being off-grid, like we've said, is not the cheapest thing in the entire world, and it's not just the the land that you have to consider when 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 making all of these purchases. Um, but considering everything that you need, so how are you going to get your power? How are you going to get your water, your groceries, all that kind of stuff? Are you going to you know supply yourself with food by having a a garden or a mini farm or even a full-size farm whatever you're into it's just considering all these different things and and what the budget is and what you've allocated towards this kind of lifestyle Um, so uh, ryan do you have something to say about that
1: um yeah just say like overall when you look at your budget you know a lot of people just look at the cost of the house and then they'll look at the cost of the land and say okay we're good but Comes off grid. It's going to be a lot more investments that you're going to need to make into your yep. your power infrastructure, your water, um, you know, gas, propane, that kind of thing. So, yeah, you need to really look at all of it. So,
2: In your experience, I know you've done this for more than a decade. What's what's the what's the average cost? Like, if you could. Have me- put a, a mean or an average oh, what, God. What, what number no. yeah like what number i know that's a hard thing to ask no i i don't know <clears throat> i honestly don't No. yeah <laughs> i don't know so yeah i know i know what i've gotten it as far as phone calls is i want to go off grid i'm looking at this land and they're looking at some land that might be ten thousand dollars because it's In the middle of nowhere and nobody wants it that's why it's that cheap and i'll get a a phone call that'll say what does it cost to to power this place and that it's such a ridiculous thing to ask right like like i don't know i don't know what your energy usage is like what is your experience with that
1: it, it just varies so much but i would say if you want an average cost and this is this is only going to be an average cost for this area of northern Arizona. Um, you know, you're probably looking around twenty to twenty five thousand as kind of an average for like two people retired living off grid is what I would say. And that's
2: just the solar, right? Like solar, battery, inverter, generator, Correct. maybe.
1: Correct. And then, you know, obviously like cost of land around here varies so much. Like if you get an hour outside of town, you can get five acres for, you know, $5,000. But if you're anywhere close to Flag, you're going to pay $100,000 for a third of an acre. So, you know, that's going to vary tremendously. And then cost of the house itself, anywhere from somebody buying a $10,000 uh, RV and living out of that to, you know, putting the normal to three hundred thousand dollars into, you know, stick belt, stick belt house. So, um,
2: so the, so yeah. the lesson there is that it, it, it's not necessarily the cheapest option. It can be if you do it right, but that's, it's, Just because you're separating yourself from the grid doesn't mean that
1: it you're gonna save money. You can potentially save on certain things like land. Like around here there's a lot of very inexpensive off grid land. But it is it's very remote, it's down dirt roads that you know, if you get rain, sometimes you can't drive for you know, a few hours until the, the the roads dry out. You know, things like that. Um, you can get very cheap land, get a RV, put it on there, have a small solar setup, and you know, be living off grid simply. You know, for thirty, forty thousand dollars. So, I'll 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 give a little bit of a
2: specific. Example, because I'm sure our listeners are probably curious. Um, not too far outside of Flagstaff, there there is a, a person, a customer of ours, that bought 80 acres with a house, with a generator, with a battery system. No solar, but he got 80 acres and the house for $150,000, which is just unheard of in most places in america that's a great deal is he donate is he donating it any anytime soon is it is it though (laughs) well (laughs) no he's paying us a lot of money to put a bunch of solar on it i don't know if if that's a great deal i don't think so I don't think so. I don't I don't know. I don't if it's paid off. I'm not yeah, sure. Yeah, if you're gifted it, that's fine. But like, yeah, that's what I'm saying. If I get it for free, it, yeah, it's a great deal. I don't know if it's a good investment though. We'll have to talk about that at another time. And another date.
0: Yeah. So once again, if you all need any of this equipment, you know, standby generators, um, even just a portable generator, we've got champion power equipment generators. On our website, we've also got solar power stations, several different brands on there, EcoFlow Delta, Lion, Safari Me. Um, all that kind of equipment. If you want a simple off-grid system or even just want to have some power for, for backup, it's all available on shopoffgrid.com. Um, and that the link to our website is, is in every podcast description and all that kind of stuff. Um, but it's just shopoffgrid.com, and you can find all this kind of stuff. You can reach out to us through our email on there or give us a call. Um, but yeah, thanks so much for listening into our episode this week. Um, hopefully in the future we'll start getting some some people on here to to start interviewing and add another add a fourth voice to this to this podcast. Um, So once again if you guys have any suggestions of of types of episodes, feel free to shoot us an email at info at shopoffgrid.com. Be sure to follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube. If you're listening on Apple Podcasts, go ahead and leave a five-star review. If you love our podcast, and even if you don't love it, go ahead and leave a five-star review (laughs) and tell us that you do love it. Um, (laughs) And make sure to subscribe on all those different things. Follow us along. And, uh, yeah, thanks again, and we'll catch you next time.